May the words I speak and the words we hear be your words of life to us, our God. Amen. Well, it's good-ish to be back. Um, It's nice to be using our prayer book again. Uh, We used the English, well, daily office was out of the uh, SSF, the Franciscan Anglican English prayer book, uh, which I'm pretty familiar with. Although I had to relearn how to find all the canticles and um, I smiled while we did the psalms because they pause in the mid, in the halfway through the verses. So you kind of more breathe or pray the psalms rather than read it through. And the first time Bonnie and some of the others were in a prayer, they all just carried on as you do. And I sat there going, rookie mistake. So they had to, they had to learn how not to do that. Um... And the Eucharist were all out of the English rite, so uh, I presided at one Eucharist, and it's kind of the same, but kind of not, and it's laid out differently, and it was just a little bit stressful, really. So it's nice to be back using the prayer book that I'm familiar with. Uh, today we are celebrating uh, two things. The first uh, is the crazy little saint of Assisi, who turned the church of his time and his world upside down. Francis. Today there are about half a million professed followers of his still in the world, in the Roman Catholic, Anglican, Lutheran and other churches. Half a million of people who are life professed. People like me through to the people who wear the brown robes and are much more obvious. And they continue to turn the church and the world upside down. They continue to live amongst the poorest and the dispossessed in some of the poorest countries. And they continue to challenge the unjust ways of the rich and powerful today in the highest places. And so uh, one of the the only things where the whole Franciscan family gets together is for Franciscan International, an NGO-recognized organization at the United Nations with offices in New York, which is where most of us know about the United Nations, but more importantly in Geneva, where all the human rights uh, conversations and work happen. So they're very active uh, in those conversations. Half a million. It's hard to believe, really. When Francis embraced Lady Poverty as his bride, which means he literally took the gospel seriously. When the gospel said to sell all he had and give to the poor and follow Jesus, he took that literally. And when he did that and embraced Lady Poverty, he discovered that he no longer needed to protect what was his. He had nothing to protect. And that opened him up to the goodness of God in creation and in humanity. A Franciscan priest from America, Richard Rohr, writes, The goodness of God fills all the gaps of the universe without discrimination or preference. God is the gratuity of absolutely everything. The space in between everything is not space at all, but spirit. God is the goodness glue that holds the dark and light of things together. The goodness of God fills all the gaps of the universe without discrimination or preference. Now... 
Richard Raw is not talking particularly about Francis at that point, but he is describing the world from a Franciscan point of view. It is the kind of way that Francis saw the world. And it led him out, and so the goodness of God was one of the dominant themes through his writings and his prayers and what little we know of what he, what he talked about. He would talk about, when he greeted people, he would greet them, peace and all good from God, the goodness of God. When he prayed prayers, it was, uh, to the Most High, Eternal, Good Lord, again, the goodness of God. We kind of have much smaller names for God, but he wanted to get people's imaginations about God going. So he used much bigger, much bigger names for God. And it led him to do some very strange things. One of the early stories about Francis was when he was, before he actually embraced Lady Poverty, he was returning home still in his fine clothes and robbers set about him, beat him, stole his cloak. His response to that wasn't to defend himself, but to offer all the rest of his clothes to them because clearly they needed them more than he did. He didn't feel the need to defend what was his. Nothing was his. So he just offered all that he had. There's the story of when a well-known thief came to the friary door and the brother who opened the door told him what he thought of the thief and sent him on his way. When Francis heard, he ordered the brother to go after the thief and kneel in repentance before him and invite him back to the friary to eat as much as he needed. The thief did return then and a few weeks later, the second time, to join the community. He'd never experienced that kind of generosity and goodness before. But probably one of the most radical stories of Francis, one that we will celebrate next year, is in 1219 when he joined the Fifth Crusade, which was besieging one of the major cities of Egypt, where the Sultan of well, Egypt, but also Essentially, the effective military head of all that Islam in the Middle East was camped. And Francis left the Crusader lines and went into the Muslim camp so that he might go and speak to his brother, the Sultan of Egypt. Francis only saw the good. And so he went without fear, probably expecting to be martyred in all honesty, but somehow made it to the Sultan and the two of them spent quite a bit of time together conversing. Francis trying to convert him and the Sultan saying, well, I'm impressed by you and the gospel you preach, but in my position that would be certain death to convert to Christianity. There is a kind of myth that says the Sultan did convert on his deathbed, but that's probably just a myth. There's a film being made by... Uh, an ecumenical group of Franciscans and Muslims in America which is currently being released around America and has already been shown in Australia about that story funded mostly by Muslims. These are the stories that inspire and trouble all who seek to walk in the footsteps of Francis and Claire who walked in the footsteps of Christ. And this is the humble man we honour today. A humble man who knew that the goodness of God fills all the gaps of the universe without discrimination or preference. 
who knew that God is the goodness glue that holds the dark and light of things together. Today, for us, is also SPCA Sunday. So in an hour or so, this church will be, or a couple of hours, filled with mostly dogs uh, who will join in the singing and maybe the prayers, uh, and that will be grand. Hopefully they don't leave any bodily fluids behind this year. So what does the SPCA do? Well, I think one of the things the SPCA does is help us see the goodness of God in creation and remind us to live in ways that allow our animals to experience the goodness of God from us. So they have four main elements to their work. The first is the inspectorate, which is where people lay complaints and they can go and uh, check those out uh, and decide whether that needs to end up in the courts Uh, And uh, last year they had 374 animal complaints, 351 uh, in 2015. They've already had 350 complaints that they've had to uh, process so far this year with four months to go. Probably the other way, the other thing that we know most about them is their adoption service where animals are brought to them and they are then... Uh, checked and vaccinated, flea treated, worm treated, microchipped, uh, and they are then come with a one-year SPCA membership. Uh, and they work with hundreds and hundreds of animals, and each one of those costs $350 to process, none of which is government-funded. Uh, not only do they do an adoption service, but they run a fostering service Uh, where a number of their animals go to, partly because they don't have room in the shelter, but partly because a lot of those animals are too wounded to return to normal life, and they have to first of all learn that they are loved and that they will be fed and that they have somewhere to live and they have somewhere to sleep. And so they have foster families that take in these dogs and work with them. Last year, 180 puppies and six dogs went through their foster program before being adopted, as well as 590 kittens and 105 mother cats. That's a phenomenal number of animals who went through the foster program. In 2016, 300 puppies, 80 dogs, 500 cats and 800 kittens plus 100 other animals went through their shelters. That's 1,800 animals. And then the last part of their, of their um, ministry, we would call it, is their education, where they uh, work with all kinds of groups to teach people how to look after animals so that none of the above is needed, so that people know how to look after their animals, treat them well, treat them with kindness. We do SBCA on the day we around the Feast of St Francis because St Francis is known as the birdbath saint, so most of the statues he has are on birdbaths, which most Franciscans cringe at, <laughs> to be honest. He was, I mean, there are very few stories about Francis and animals. There are far more stories about him and his engagement with people. But his attitude was the same. In animals, in creation, in humanity, he saw the goodness of God. 
And he lived in a way so that they too could see the goodness of God in him. And so today we are invited to do the same. To live in a way that those we live with and the animals we encounter know the goodness of God and to be open to receiving the gift of the goodness of God from them. Now I don't actually have a bowl out for the SPCA but somebody might like to organise something. And if you would like to give a retiring collection, so as you leave church today, if you would like to leave a, a donation towards the SBCA, uh, we will add that into the SBCA buckets at the next service.